Hazard Internet and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? All right, and you, Mr. Modley? Yeah, good, bro. Perpetually it busy. Seems like, uh, it seems like yesterday uh, was the last time we spoke. It was just about yesterday. I was yeah, looking... Rapid succession. Yeah, when I started up the show notes, we've got the date of our previous recording. I'm like, that's not... Oh, yeah, it is. Right. Yeah, uh, it is possible. <laughs> so, yes, uh, this week, we finally managed to trust the Twitter handle, Mr. Thirsty, or track down the Twitter handle... Um, that goes by the name of Mr. Thirsty. We actually had a debate about uh, his handle versus uh, personal branding and all of those things. So, uh, And I'm probably going to pronounce his surname wrong. Uh, so it reads Andrew Slough, but I got told that it's supposed to be pronounced as, like you pronounce cough, so sloch, and then it sounds like shelf. Uh, so I don't know. Anyway, uh, our first... CRM guy on the show. Um, welcome to Andrew, whatever his surname is. And uh, this week is a very special week for us. Our number one fan, the guy that always, the only person in the world to ever leave us a review, and Rod still needs to check up on that, is uh, Mr. Thirsty, also known as Andrew Schla. Is that how I pronounce it? Schaff. Schaff. Yeah, that's uh, British. It confuses everybody. So hold <laughs> on, what, what is the surname? Schaff. 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 Yeah. Schaff, not Schaff. Yeah, shof. So sure. uh, if we use my, my old man's adage, the shof like cough. Mm. <laughs> Completely get that. Uh, yeah, my surname is Pugin and, and everyone calls me Plugin, Puggin, uh, Peugeot. You know, yeah. My dad says the same thing. Uh, it's gin is in Gilby's. Um, <laughs> so welcome on the show. It's yeah. great to have you. Yeah. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. We've been trying for quite a while. I think this, we probably had a conversation with you after episode 13. I think it was. It was, we, the first time you said come on the show, it was four weeks ago. And we actually had something scheduled. No, man, it was more than four weeks. We were already in oh. April. Oh, my God, the New York is more than four <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> couple of months ago, and, it was. and we had something scheduled, and I had a customer go completely better. Yes, just like Rod has <laughs> almost every third day. I think today's pick on Rod day, because yeah. uh, you were supposed to show up, and he sends his apologies. Oh, that's good, man. So for the listeners, uh, slow, <laughs> I cough sloth. sloth. Okay. You, you, you do realize I'm going to get a phone call from France, so the minute he hears this episode, right? Well... <laughs> Frank the Tank should stop talking about riding bicycles and actually do some real work for a change. Um, because everything on Facebook now is Facebook Live, mm. and he talks about he's reliving the glory yeah. days of, of the Cape Epic. Even though it was two weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, your background, uh, where yeah. you're from, uh, you've been actively engaged with, with us on the Twitter Twitterati's for a while now. Yeah. And so just for the listeners, uh, who are you, what do you do, uh, where are you from, and how did you get into the space? Yeah, well, uh, I've been in the IT industry for a long time. Started working at a company called uh, BBND. Some people may, may know it. Uh, some might even know the MVP that used to be there, Ron McLean. Uh, as a custom dev, uh, one of the projects I was busy with Customer had a separate project running for SharePoint. Was yeah. uh, WSS three? Yes, yes. Not. Um, cast the team delivered everything. They left because it wasn't BBD's uh, core core focus at all. Oh. It was kind of like, well, there's lots of my other company. Let's we'll, we'll take it on and do it once off. 
customer went, oh, it's fantastic. We want some changes, please. Uh, new stuff, new features, want to enhance. And we were in a bit of a lull during deliveries for that customer. And they said, well, we want to take it on. I went, I'm bored. I'll do it. And got involved, got stuck in, really enjoyed it after wrapping my head around learning about content types and lists and fields and site fields and how everything gets moved around uh, through code only. <laughs> yes, because PBT is a dev yeah, shop. So it's a dev, full customized dev shop. Um, so we got involved in that, enjoyed it so much, scarily enough, on SSO3 that I went to the, my boss and said, look, you know, enjoyed this. Is there any opportunity of doing more work like this? And he kind of went, well, it was a once-off. The customer really long-term customer we did it for them we're not gonna chase any work for it and i went okay cool stuck around for a couple of months still enjoy my dev i still do to this day but it, i was like kind of like actually you know what that's where i want to play that's my kind of my field that's where i want to get my hands dirty and i started looking for a microsoft partner to move to without realizing there were partners at the time uh, i spoke to my well at that time she's not my wife my girlfriend's uh, brother-in-law and he's like well hey i work for a company so there's a bit of nepotism. Uh, there is a bit of nepotism, but there's a funny story around it because he was like, give me your CV. We're looking for, for guys to get involved in SharePoint Dev. So great, gave him my CV. Got a phone call. Please come in for an interview. Did the interview. I uh, met uh, Graham Davis, who's one of the directors, along with my, my now brother-in-law, Sean Dale, at Emix. Uh, he, he loved me. He's like, come on board, everything. He didn't know until three months after I started working at Emix that Sean, Sean Dale and I had a relationship. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Sean, I said, Sean, didn't he know? He's like, no, I just put your CV in the pile. Oh. He didn't even know I put your CV in the pile, just there. Um, and then joined them and didn't meet Francois at all. So okay. Francois was, he was this elusive SharePoint manager who was bouncing around doing Why sales. Is and still is. Still, he still very much is um, at that time. And then one day, I think after about couple of days of me being there, he came bouncing and hey, I'm Francois, off he went. Okay, yeah, well, who's we this actually, guy? We actually want <laughs> listeners to uh, listen to this episode, so uh, the more we talk about Francois, the, the yeah. higher drop-off we have on listenership. <laughs> so, ended up working with Francois at Emix, or I stayed, he's obviously gone back oh. to Mint. Um, been with Emix since oh, August 2010, okay. in various, started off as a SharePoint consultant, developer, learnt a lot from Francois. I mean, as much crap as we give him on Twitter, Jesus, he actually is, he actually is, actually is a very good resource <laughs> to, yeah, learn, can, to learn from. He can from. make up <laughs> a lot of things um, conceptually. Yeah, you can. I, I haven't seen him touch SharePoint though, and when he does, he yeah. always complains about something. Yeah, so learnt a lot from him. Um, obviously, you've learnt more. I've gone through the ranks of team lead, well, of technical consultant, technical lead. I'm now actually a CRM and SharePoint team lead at, at MX myself. Okay. So I've gotten to that point where Francois was, uh, the roles have changed slightly these days, oh. but I sit kind of at the architect level now. Okay. Uh, still very much fingers in the pies, getting dirty and rolling the sleeves. It's messy that. though. It is very messy. It's a, it's a difficult role because it's learning to stand back and go, this is a solution, you go and do it, and not actually go, well, my... I mean, no, it's going to take me two hours, but I know the rest of the team will take 10 hours, but I'm going to put two hours down anyway. Oh. You know, it's that. So it's been a learning curve, but it's been interesting. And I bet that's where I'm playing. Yeah. So you are like one of seven architects that we know of in the SharePoint space in South Africa, because that's how, how, mm. how thinly spread um, your type of role is. Coming from a dev background, did that help? It, it did. So, you know, because you can grasp the technical things a lot easier. 
Uh, you know, they often... Every IT pro <laughs> in the world hates you right now yeah. for saying that. It's, but it's because a developer's nature is to get stuck in, to get to learn, to... Un- Devs don't like to just not do it. They want to understand why it works that oh, way. So I'm going to piss off the dev community and say, but devs work in isolation. So mm-hmm. there's that bit of code that they look at, mm-hmm. and as long as they build that bit of code, to hold with everyone else, because it's just that bit of code. It works on my, my machine yeah. mentality, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that is devs. But I liked I liked what I played with, the little world that I worked with mm-hmm. when I did touch it for that very first time for that customer. And then it was, okay, well, I know it works. Now I want to understand why it works. And I want to understand the bigger picture and the architecture. And not every dev's going to do that, but the nature of the developer is when they get a bee in the bonnet, that's going to happen. Um, most devs don't want to just understand that they fixed the bug. They want to know why well, I get the I think it's you know, your it's, perception of your well, reality versus um, devs that I've mm. worked with. And, and, and it's always been three different sections there's like we have with IW there's IT pro dev business business people think that IT pros know nothing about business and they think even worse of devs yeah IT pros go yeah but if you folks looked at the overall architecture to devs devs go yeah brutal work no problem don't worry I'm writing the code I know what I'm writing so there's a distinct divide between it and I think it's great that you can come from a dev background mm-hmm. and move into proper architecture. Uh, strangely enough, we were talking about it the other day. It's like, oh no, we don't need architects and we make joint decisions. Uh, we've got a developer, mm-hmm. a UX person, a designer, and a configuration person and a PM on a project, and we make joint decisions. I'm going, well, when you build a house, do you hire a plumber, an electrician, a bricklayer, a tiler, and you tell them, go build the house? Mm. So it's, it's, it's good. I, I see and I keep seeing huge value in being able to architect and, and art, articulate business requirements. And I suppose in, you are more fortunate than most of us because you've got that full breadth and depth of you've played in the different areas. I mean, you're doing CRM now mm. as well as SharePoint. Mm. But from a dev background, it's much easier to to view what you're seeing now in the industry. I don't think I was always like that. I you know, God bless my wife, she went and let me do my master's. Okay. Um, and I think that's where a lot of it master's came. Master's in? In engineering. So I was in, BB, <laughs> BBD ran a, a program when I was there that, you know, they'll pay for you to do... What sort of engineer? Software engineering. Oh, so okay. I did a full I, I did a full master's in engineering through VITS okay. with software engineering as a focus. Okay, all right. So, so you're don't, not don't a, have a fat panic. Mechanical engineer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I've dealt with those types of engineers. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. No, no, and it's... Like a lot of the core stuff was the core mo- what they called the core modules were oh. very heavy, heavy. You know, you will follow test driven development, you will do domain driven okay. design, you like real proper software. Oh. But all the elective stuff was very business. It wasn't a lifetime education person. Oh. It was guy running his own business who does consulting and whatever. Oh. He comes and he develops a course, he gives it. So all of the work, all the case studies okay. are business. Right. So a l- I did four really heavy software technical stuff, oh. and I did about five or six really business orientated oh. things, and it they all had to tie in together, mm. together and it worked well. But I think that's where my mind shift happened. Is okay. I went, hang on, I've actually got to understand business because oh. it's if I don't understand business, I can't sell anything. I can't do the work. I yes, I can be the best dev in the world, but I'm not going to get work if I oh. can't talk business. Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned mm. that. There's a core set. Well, it's been running for the better part of fifteen years. 
more than 15 years mm -hmm. at um, UCT Arad is a postgrad for commercial distributed information okay. systems. Um, also very, like you mentioned now, uh, and it's got a lot to do with this technical stuff, albeit mm -hmm. very open sourcey, but it's really around information flows and, and those sort of things. Okay, cool. So, yeah, very, very colourful background. Yeah. No, very much so. It's, I've lost touch a bit. I mean, I remember you and I had a conversation, I'm not going to say weeks ago, it probably was last year even, uh -huh. where we were, I was like, I don't know how you guys keep up with Microsoft uh, releases and everything, just for the podcast, never mind the career basis, because where do you find the time? I mean, uh -huh. I've, well, he's a, you know, a year old, I've got a youngster, it's, uh -huh. I go home and it's all about him. Look, we, and it's, you just don't find uh, the time. The perfect <laughs> listener would be exactly what you said right now. We do the news section and we're hoping that we can collate the news into mm. something that's listenable on your way to work and you can consume it that way. Boom. And now you have a news update for the mm. week because it's weekly news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's great because I, I listen to it on the way to work oh. and I walk straight into sales office and I go, do you know about bookings? Do you know about Staff Hub? Okay. And well, I walked into the sales director's office when I went, so there's this great thing from Microsoft to be released called Fine Time. Oh. And she, she was like, oh great, I'll go look it up. And Okay. Oh, Andrew, you're a genius. <laughs> well, that's thanks to Jeremy Thake, actually, because I haven't seen anything about fine time on any Microsoft mm. blog post or publication that, that I, I generally consume. I've got half an hour between, between the time I get into bed and mm. to the time I actually realize there's an episode of something on the TV that mm. I switched on to watch and I consume information. Yeah. Um, so, so that's it. So your space, you... Interestingly enough, at Emex, you got exposed to everything but SharePoint. Yeah, I did. So I was always working with SharePoint. Oh. So one of the, ironically, my very first project at Emex wasn't SharePoint related at all. So it was actually building a very basic uh, CMS-based website for a, a client of ours. Oh, wow. Um, so custom, proper custom dev, ASP.NET okay. uh, build. And then my next project was with Francois was uh, for a, I suppose you call them a retail group. Yeah. Um, they do all the staffing for promotions when the company does a promotion okay. in the aisle, those type oh, of yeah. they do that and shelf stockers. We did the SharePoint intranet as well as a full on K2 from the point oh, the manager the goes. K2, that interesting term. Yeah, the, the guy goes, manager goes, Crip, I need 10 people right to the point they walk through the front door on the first day of work. Okay. Uh, so we did a whole, an integration with recruitment agencies and all of that. Um, so a lot of SharePoint experience, all my projects have been SharePoint, but there have been a numerous or numerous number of them that it's been SharePoint and, oh. and or the and SharePoint. <laughs> so touching a lot, mostly CRM, uh, because Microsoft wants us two to play very nicely together. So, so. Full-blown dynamics. That's mm. where you guys were. And I think it's, I wouldn't say it's the second cousin of SharePoint, mm. but it's always stuck somewhere there mm. and it's, it floats around and we know that there's this term called dynamics, mm. but we're not 100% sure what it actually is. Mm. Well, my, my um, opinion of it is that, you know, we, when you look at how SharePoint came along, we had SharePoint and if you wanted SharePoint, you had to know SharePoint existed. You Googled a SharePoint partner and you got a list or uh -huh. Microsoft spoke and said, hey, we've got this product called SharePoint, speak to these guys. And then Office 365 happened. And now everybody knows about SharePoint Online and productivity and exchange and Skype business, all of that. And they're doing the same thing to the whole dynamic suite now with D365. True. So, you know, now it's like, 
I don't need to know about an AX, a CRM, an SL, or NAV, and or find out that someone tells me about it. I just look, I just Google customer engagement systems and Dynamics 365 online comes up as one of the top search results. Okay. So you see that it's becoming mainstream now. It, it's gone in the days where you were, I have to know about the product in order to get it, or no, I need a customer relationship management system or a enterprise resource planning software or whatever you want to call it. It was something that they released recently. Um, They're releasing a lot field, recently. Field. So field service. It's, it's actually very, very cool. Um, we've done, we're one of the original partners for Uptech. We had a massive project or opportunity with it. And unfortunately, the customer did this with the economy and that put all that on hold. Very, very cool. So into, well, not CRM anymore, Dynamics 365, customer engagement. It's this whole automated scheduling, you know, think of Telcom. Yeah. So Telcom have the guys who drive around the vans all okay, day. Okay, all right. Side. So it's actually... So the English is done right this time. Yeah, right. so so field service is literally field service. So, you know, you have a guy's call center or management center sitting at the office. They have CRM enabled customer phones in, or even if it's scheduled on SLA yeah. basis, you know, this, we need to be on site to service this piece of equipment. You know, they, okay. they know which technician has what skill, what truck has what parts, and they can tie them all together. All in this product. All in this product. With an automated system to schedule, so it works out best routes wow. on Bing, with Bing Maps, Bing Maps integration, and not Google Maps. <laughs> Does works all of that out for the flows there. Guys have a smartphone, tablet app, tells them when the next appointment is. They got statuses. If depending on who, all out of the box, all out of the box, and you and you customize it using the Woodford um, framework for the app. So no. it's built, so it's I don't know who's yeah, I don't know who's developed it, but it's called the Woodford framework and it allows you to customize the the base CRM mobile or Dynamics three six five for customer. So is that a separate tool trained to it's what's a happening with separate license? Framework? Yeah, it is very much separate. Uh, it's been around for years. Okay. Uh, field services was bought by Microsoft. It used to be called uh, Field Field One or. F1 or something like that. Oh, so it was a so, product that they just... Yeah, so it's been one of those where you'd like, we really like what you're doing. Instead of us building competitive products, let's, let's buy you. Makes sense. Yeah. So, similar to what they did with ADX Studio and their portal solution for CRM as well. Right, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's all, there's a whole like, new right now. Shh. That's all I hear. Bro. But um, if you're a SharePoint consultant, so we are used to building portals for customers. Yes. A lot of us always hear, oh, I've got all this data in CRM, I want my customers to use on it. I've built a portal to do that in SharePoint before. No, we've it's, all done that. It's crazy stupid work. It is. ADX, and SharePoint people need to be aware of this product because it's an additional license, it's a tick box if you're yeah. in Dynamics 365 and Office 365, and it gives you a full-blown customer-based portal using your CRM data. But the last time I looked at licensing for Dynamics, mm before they did the D365 thing. It was the most, well, the CRM part. So you buy, you like, it was the most expensive per user license. No, it is, it is a crazy license. Um, we're starting to talk more about D365 here than, than SharePoint, but it's... Which is perfect. Which is, <laughs> well, I've actually, I've listening to your podcast this morning, we'll get onto it later. I've got to pick something out of you because we actually have a solution for call centers, by the way. Okay. Oh, um, the Skype for the business. Skype for business thing. So it is very expensive. Um, our sales, I can't really speak properly and accurately to licensing on no. the costs. I don't think you know, anyone can except yeah, people that have. Our sales guy knows them backwards and forwards, and even now and then he goes, "Wait a second. Um, there's, you know, this they're doing specials. So there's, 
you buy a SKU now, so you, you buy sales, you buy service, or you buy both. Okay. And if you, yes. you know, they might Very, very SAP. Yeah, and they're doing v- bundles around that as well. So if you are between 20 to 40 users, you know, it's only $40 a month to get this. Yes. And so they're, they're working in that, that range. So, you know, instead of buying AX, you're buying uh, resource planning or, yeah. you know, yeah. CRM is custom engagement on D365. Yeah. And... The, if you want a full blown like you would get as a CRM user for on-prem CRM, it's really expensive. It's like hundred and something dollars a user per month. Oh, that's great! It's a crazy amount of money. It's ridiculous. Now, um, you know, companies like Enterprise Cloud are selling that cheaper because yeah. they run their own local farms for CRM online. Yeah, so it's well, it's display display licensing, which makes it a lot cheaper. So Microsoft and they are huge. They're driving, and you see it in Office three six five. Oh, we want Office three six five seats. We don't want on-prem SharePoint on-prem exchange licenses anymore we'll take it if we have to because yeah. we don't want, they don't want to lose out on sale but we want you to drive customers to yeah. Office 365 and it's the same thing with Dynamics 365 so it's like we got all these bundles and you we'll build it up but if you're over a certain number give us the full money okay uh, alright you know it's working we have customers that go jeez I can't afford that and then the sales guy well how many users oh, 25 well you, you you've You've you are you can get this bundle the forty forty dollars mm-hmm. a month it's a special it runs but that price is for life yeah you know until you got over the I think it's fifty users or something like that it's the same with Yammer mm-hmm. when Yammer was released I think when Microsoft bought Yammer the Office three six five space just literally started mm-hmm. I mean well it moved from from BPOS to uh, Office three six five and then it was also something ridiculous like if if you on this SKU you get Yammer for like one dollar a month or something uh, per user, the, not the freemium, the full blown version. And now you can't buy Yammer on its own either. So in your world, uh, which is very dev, blended masters, uh, oh, there's some CRM. Yeah. Where do you see the industry going? Uh, are, are you seeing a big pickup in the Office three six five slash D three six five space? So there's. We are seeing quite a lot on, I've got Office 365 and I've got D365. How do I use them together? And it's, okay. and it, that, how do I use it together statement? When you sit and do a four-hour workshop with the customer, you realize you're just going, well, I know I can attach my documents to a customer record in CRM, but it makes no sense because I've got SharePoint. So why can't I have it in SharePoint? Okay. And that's the extent of it. Um, a lot of the guys who are talking more around, but I want my customer to engage with the data. So do I use SharePoint? Well, no, we've got ADX Studio portals for you. You know, there's that's where it's going at the moment. Um, do people still really care where their content is stored? After a discussion I had yesterday with the customer, no. What they're looking for is it needs to be highly available. Yeah. It needs to be fast. Even here, people are saying our speeds are too slow. It needs to be extremely fast. And they go, I know our internet, I know our, our net, our CCOM, whatever goes down. And they accept that. It's part of our life. But they're still going, when it's up, it'd be blazingly fast, like I'm opening it off my hard drive. Yeah, but latency in country is your problem. Yeah. So you can go and grab Express Food and it's, mm. it's a site-to-site VPN mm. for lack of a better explanation, but you pay through your eyes. There are rumors. There are rumors about... Uh, breakout edge service. We know that uh, Amazon is for AWS is dropping two edge service, one in Joburg, yep. one in Cape Town. So your breakouts aren't they running a farm? In... Nah, aren't they? They're, it's official. Is it official? There I always thought no, they were running. A, everyone does. This being uh, sneaky and running it one there. There is no data center in South Africa. Okay. Uh, there's unofficial rumors about, but then again, it's the same 
every six months it changes. Microsoft talking about maybe there's a data center coming, mm. maybe there isn't. I don't think we'll get an Office 365 uh, I AZ in, in I think South Africa. I think it'd be very hard pressed to even just get a basic Azure farm deployment here. So, because they they still require a tier five environment. Well, we, we don't know. We don't. So, know. well, the assumption is they still require a tier five environment, which is two redundant energy providers. Yes. And I know we've got the nuclear power plants, we've got all these independent guys coming and, on board. And Gupta's just the and, billionizing of yeah, so, that nuclear deal that's been re-initiated uh, in yeah. the wake of us being... Last week, Thursday and Monday. Was on the, the junk status or whatever. Yeah. I don't really follow politics that much. So coming back to what you were saying earlier on, customers asking, not really caring about where content is. Yeah. Your take on the companion app ecosystem that you've seen now? Uh, I've played with some of them. So I've played with Staff Hub. Um, I've actually, until my boss, I've sold Staff Hub. <laughs> uh, that's, I've spoken to a friend, he's like, oh, we need something like that. Well, here's the link, go look at it. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're using it. Yeah. You know, for our, for some staff. Uh, you know, there's, I've forgotten my train of thought there. <laughs> so, companion apps. Companion apps, yes. So you got bookings, you got staff hub, you got customer management in Outlook, you got team, it goes on and it goes on and goes on. It's the guys are they they're there. And they people who have Office 365, like you say, it's well we need exchange. Well I want the mm. the office apps, whether it's web based or yeah. physical desktop. And then they go, Well, what else does my license give me? Because I know I've got an E3, I don't know what that is. Mm. And you go in and talk to them, they go, Well, we've got it, we need to document management. Okay, well you got SharePoint. Okay, I need to do something around bookings because I've got a little office where the guys have to book time and mm. it's all Excel-based or diary. Okay, well, you've got bookings. And it's everybody uses it because everybody has office. Yes. And that's that's where it's going. It's it, Our lives are made easier because everybody goes, well, I use Outlook, I use Word. Okay, well, do you know it's cheaper to get Office 365 licensing than to yeah. every year and a half buy a box from Incredible Corruption? Oh. Um, you know, and then they go, okay, well, cool. Oh, but by the way, you have SharePoint. Well, what's that? Oh, well, SharePoint's this. And, you know, it's... Everybody, everybody has it that don't know about it. Oh. We were talking about that earlier. And the direction is it's now... It's up to us as productivity consultants, not yes, SharePoint yeah. consultants yes. anymore. Yes. I keep getting caught in that trap because I'm like, oh, SharePoint. And they're going, no, but we're productivity. Oh. Well, to me, it's the same thing. And well, it's a little... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I beg to differ because right now, you don't only talk SharePoint, you talk everything else but SharePoint. Yeah. SharePoint's just this place that stores content. Yeah, it's just... It is a content drop zone nowadays. Oh. Um, I had a customer used to say compare it to Dropbox and I almost jumped through, jumped oh. through his roof. I was... It's, no. OneDrive is, is Dropbox. <laughs> SharePoint, completely different beast. Um, I think the drive is going to be... Guys are going to phone us and go, I got E3 licensing, I don't know what it is, I just happened to get it because it looked alright. What can I do with it? But that's the and general, that's the general and sentiment. And most of the engagement is going to be with the small, you know, 10, 20, 30 user companies. The big enterprise guys are going to know all about it because they got the EA licensing agreements and the CSP oh. partnerships and all of that stuff. So they will have the guys. Yeah, sub 500 users mm. generally yeah. has the, 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 the question around who are we Taken E three or yeah. we bump to E five because we want to want to do Skype like mm. trunk calling yeah. and oh shit there's all of this what is this there's Dolph and 
and then I've got stream and mm-hmm. there's a channel here and what do I do with this yeah. wheel of, of tools that I have? Because we've had the same question and it's been three months now, same questions from everyone. I use Exchange and I've got Office. Mm. And that's two out of the 22 items I have access to. And someone said something about teams or staff, or yeah. planner or groups and all of a sudden... What's this, what's, your, what's this line at the bottom with these 20 things listed in yeah. my license agreement? Uh, it is that. Uh, we, I had a customer who we engaged with just after Dalva being GA'd and we got it here. And he's like, he got it for the office apps and web apps and for exchange and scaffolders. That's what he bought his license mm-hmm. for. And he had one of the, the indented price plans. And he happened to be one day as the owner of the system, the tenant, when he clicked and went, oh, what's that? And clicked on SharePoint and got that Delvish yeah. integrated SharePoint landing page. It doesn't actually take you to SharePoint, it takes you to kind of your favorites list. Yeah. And he was, he completely freaked out. He was like, I don't, this, I've kind of worked at SharePoint before. That's not yeah. what SharePoint looks like. So he just kind of went, well, obviously, whatever. Park it, never. Six months down the line, we're sitting in his boardroom with him having a discussion around how you can use SharePoint, but he's like, I don't have SharePoint. I've got this weird site, favorite sites list yeah. thing. Um, you know, and that's Microsoft's fault because they shot themselves in the foot <laughs> by having that as the landing page when people go SharePoint. And suddenly it was, no, but this is how you get to it. And he sees it, okay, well, that's kind of looks like what I'm used to in previous years. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what can it do now that it can't do two years ago? Are we seeing that as well? So with Microsoft pushing Teams as hard as they've been pushing that, as hard as they've pushed Yammer, it's the same thing customers are going, oh, but we don't, we don't use SharePoint, we use Teams. Okay, let's, and let's go with that then. Have you, have you stopped having the argument that that is actually still SharePoint? <laughs> no, I haven't. Because <laughs> they are hard, hard, pig-headed people. They will go, no, but we're using Teams. Uh, and where is it? But that's like, it's like, what did I call it? I call it, informa- was it information methane mm. and content black hole. Because that's what it ends up. And then... They still haven't fixed the planning integration into Teams, mm-hmm. though. Because you can create a plan, and then somehow it does something in planner when you go to the planner interface, but it doesn't pull your buckets through unless mm-hmm. there's a timer job that eventually syncs it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, it's, it's still early days for yeah, Teams. I, th- I think the route that we're going to see is we def- Office 365, as it is now, is, is it. I think we're going to see lots of companion apps. I think we're going to see lots of improvements on the different yeah, it's coming. And, coming. and it's going to be great. I think what you're going to see is the SharePoint Online is going to be there as a SKU. The SharePoint that you get with E3, I know it's the same thing before anybody no, jumps true. on us on Twitter, um, that, that kind of E3 SharePoint, E5, business, government, that's all going to start be more blended. So you're not going to see it really. So mm. it's going to be use Teams, use Groups in Outlook, use yeah. Planner, you don't know, and what, they're eventually all going to be plugged and in. And when you want to search... Go to SharePoint. Yeah, when you want to go search, go to this page <laughs> and you'll get your Google that's, search. That's exactly what's going to happen. And eventually, I'm having this argument down out with a technical sales guy in our sales team around Flow. So I think Flow is great from a personal workflow point of view. Don't touch it from enterprise. Not yet. Not yet. Because it, it will come. They've got to work out some funny agreements gonna, with, with, with K2, Nintex, sure. and all the other workflow business process guys first. But eventually it's going to be, I drop my documents into team and flow in the back end is going to just whip it out, put it in the right place. And, but it's still going to be in your team. But 
based on your security that your techies have gone and set up for you, it's, everybody's going to be able to search oh. it. And, and it's going to be a much more blended experience in Office 365. They've just got to work out their connections and they're, they're disjointed. I click on SharePoint and I get this weird favorites page. I don't get my SharePoint intranet. Oh, that's you know, it's, it's those little things that Microsoft need to work out now to give that seamless experience. So just in closing, top tips for people that are developers that want to get into CRM but still dream about SharePoint. <laughs> so if you, it's easier to make the jump from SharePoint to CRM. Um, the reason being is CRM is much more structured. There's very structured data. You know, we can go and freaking nuts with fields and metadata and, and all that. The SDK documentation on CRM side is brilliant. Okay. The If you get on MSDN TechNet, the code examples are fantastic. I'm still struggling to find a real good community like we have around SharePoint. Um, you know, like we've got the SP For CRM Dev. For CRM Devs. Okay. Um, but that being said... We can talk about that. You know, and if you know someone, I'd like to get in touch with them. I'd like to find okay. that community. Um, you know, it's easier for me to find SharePoint stuff because yeah, where good, I am yeah. um, and who I know. But, you know, it's that CRM SDK documentation is brilliant. And the examples that they have mm. for plugins, for processes, for integration on services from connecting outside to going in, the OAuth, all of that is fantastic. Okay. So that's where I would start as a CRM dev. All right. And if you need to spin up a D365 trial, you get it for 30 days, it's yeah. free. Don't be worried. Just remember to cancel it. Otherwise, they charge a credit card $100. Oh. Um, you know, spin it up. Go and play. Build a process. The pro what they call the processes. We call it workflows. The okay. process development in CRM is a lot more kind of if this, then that. I'm actually going to click D365 as soon as we're done. Because <laughs> you got me excited about it. How do people get hold of you? Uh, so follow you, find you on the interweb. So I'm on Facebook as well. Okay. Um, Andrew Shoff on Facebook. Yeah. Just search for me. Uh, Twitter is Mr. Thirsty at the moment. Yes. I am thinking about changing that though. Because I'm catching a lot of flack from Frank. No, no, <laughs> about, no. Share beer, please. Share about, beer. about the the fact that my Twitter handle is more aligned with my beer passion and interests than my profession. I'm actually thinking about splitting that out. Because I do have a lot of beer related stuff coming in on that. Okay. Um, thinking Look, about switching out. Personal branding is very different. Don't. Yeah. But you know what? It's been... In my nickname since I met my friends way back when fresh out of college. So stay, Mr. Thirsty. Yeah, it's probably stayed. Uh, um, you know, it's one of those, I'm like, it's a good idea. And I think about it for a couple of weeks and go, ah, it's a great idea. And eventually go, Look, ah, if someone, it, it doesn't actually matter anymore your your mm -hmm. handle because if I search for Andrew, you find it. I find you. Yeah. Even though your tag is Mr. Thirsty. Mm -hmm. um, if I look for uh, idiot mountain bike rider, I find Frank. Frank. Oh. Or thinks he takes good photos of socks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. Well, Thanks a lot for coming on the no, show. No um, we really appreciate you being our number one fan. And we actually will have a t-shirt made for you. And uh, we'll catch up yeah. soon. I hope to see that review on, the, on iTunes. I'm, I should, I'd actually need to log in and check, um, which I'll do today as well. Awesome. Thanks, mate. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. That was yeah, he missed you quite a bit. And, yeah, uh, very sorry. I told yeah. Like I said in the show, can we stop talking about the real Francois Pinar? Apparently, he's some hero of of Andrews because he, you, and apparently, according to Andrew, he knows quite a bit about SharePoint. Um, and I think when Andrew said that to me, Andrew's confidence level in my eyes dropped by about thirty points. Yeah, but you're super hard to please, Al. Uh, you the hard to please guy, bro. The modeling boot camp bullshit. Come off, man. No, it, bro. So let's. Let's head straight on into the news. In the news.
Cool. So first up in the news this week, Microsoft is extending the Enterprise K1 plan to include Teams and Staff Hub, which is quite cool. Uh, my question really is, yes. the kiosk plan. Yes. Do we go by the name? So internet kiosks and any sort of kiosk type organization. The kiosk, um, the, the kiosk license is meant for um, staff members who could make use of these services, but don't, they're not desk workers, like retail workers, stuff like that. So they've got like no, a shared, they've got like a shared machine or, yeah. or such that they, they don't sit they don't. in front of the computer all day. Yeah, I understand that. So if you've got, specifically on top of Staff Hub, if you've got temporary workers, so the guys that come in, so think about a, a, a retail store that has temp workers coming in on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but they're not there Monday to Thursday. Yeah. Those sort of people would sign in via Staff Hub. Yeah, they, they could have a, have a K1 any, plan. Any, any shift worker can run all that through Staff Hub. Um, they also get uh, the email sync. They get active sync oh. for, for their emails yep. and stuff like Staff Hub and Teams are mobile, have, have mobile apps. So they don't yes, actually need a PC to get into it and they can, they can access all these things through their phone. I suppose it does make sense. Uh, a question to Microsoft, and they still haven't answered me. I would love to know what the breakup of plans on the total sum of Office 365 tenants they have in South Africa. So uh, are they prepared to say, well, we, let's say for argument's sake, we've got 15,000 Office 365 tenants. And of that 15,000, there's 172 on a K plan, uh, yeah. 4,000 on a, they, on they a business essentials plan. They don't release those numbers. It would be great to know, uh, and, and they won't. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to know what what it actually is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the K one plan itself, I wasn't actually really aware of it, but that that makes a lot of sense. I only heard that it exists when they started talking about Starfab, and initially, Starfab was only going to be released to the the kiosk plans. I was like, kiosk plans? What is that? Uh, well, I think it was like November. Yeah, beginning of November last year was when was the first time I heard about. I've never looked at it since, but apparently it's 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 those sort of things. Yep. Next up in the news, they're adding to one plan and taking away from all the others. Uh, Access Services is getting deprecated in Office three sixty five. This is after a little while ago they 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 brought the Access they Services back to life, <laughs> and now they're saying like, oh, actually, no, maybe. Maybe some things are better left dead. But but hold on. So so they brought back Access as a product, or did they? So there's some level of confusion here. So we're talking about Access services for SharePoint Online. Yes, for Office. We're not talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about Access. No, we're talking about Access services okay. in Office 365. You can't. You mustn't create any more of these. It is going to go away. If you are running an access engine in your Office 365, you need to come up with another plan. It, it, is, it will not be supported much longer. So you can still build access databases. So it's still somewhere in there. Yeah, for the moment. They, they have just announced, like literally just, that um, 
Because I've still got Access 2016 with my Office 2016. Yes, we're talking about the Access services in Office 365. Okay. So they're not deprecating Access as a product, just the services component that allows you to render Access databases built for SharePoint Online in SharePoint Online. Yes, as I've been saying the whole time, Access services in Office 365 <laughs> oh, is getting deprecated. What's next on your list, mate? Next up, there's actually some really cool stuff. Microsoft have released a bunch of new enhancements to Office 365 security platform. So they've done a bunch of stuff. They've released a new tool set called Threat Intelligence. And this is actually really quite amazing. So it gives you interactive tools to analyze prevalence and severity of threats on, onto your Office 365 uh, setup in near real time. You can have real-time customizable threat alert notifications. It's got remedian capabilities you can actually do, so you can disconnect suspicious connections, that sort of stuff. And it's also got a management API enabling integration into a bunch of stuff. So I'm sure they demoed that at the Tech Summit. Entirely possible, yes. Yeah, in the in the keynote, they, they showed some tooling around. Yes, they totally did. Specifically around what possible machines, what machines are possibly infected on your network because of the scan and all of those things. So constant heartbeat polling and monitoring for machines that are connected to your network. Yeah, so that's that's really, really cool. So that they've announced that and that's coming out. They've also released and announced enhanced data governance policies. So it's, it's basically a policy management tool for data loss prevention. And they've also made updates to the advanced threat protection. There's a new sort of reporting dashboard for it um, and a couple, a couple other enhancements there. Okay, I think my, Microsoft's done amazing things in just providing there's no way humanly possible and i will go toe to toe with anyone that says that their data is more secure on a server in their data center than it is in any of microsoft's data center just around the plethora of components that microsoft throws out around security management in office 365 yeah it, they, they really do take it very seriously and they're always working, as you have to be in data security. And this is another instance of it. So well done to them. It's just on the back of that, uh, there was commentary on Facebook today. A friend of mine, Sahil, said, oh, why can't we use Flow? You know, Flow's ready. My reply was, oh, but it's not enterprise grade. Then he waffled on about, yeah, but show me a solution that you cannot build in Flow, but in something like Mintix. And... Where that went, now where's my train of thought? Oh, yes, of course. So he came back and I said, well, look, if Microsoft turned around and said, okay, people, let's enable, let's provide enterprise features like state machine, um, non-user initiated workflows based on something coming in and those sort of things, um, they're going to piss off the likes of Nintex and K2. Because why would you want to buy or spend money on an Intex or a K2 solution when if you're on an E3 SKU, you get Pipes Flow. And 
that's exactly what they did with uh, Windows Defender. They pissed off Norton and McAfee. They didn't give a shit in semantic. So they just went ahead and, ah, oh, here's Windows Defender. Look, we can plug this and there's some Windows Intune. That, now that's, that sucks a, into that's a little bit of a different thing. Um, How so? The, the security space is a threat to all computing. If every part of the chain should be doing ex- absolutely everything they can to provide as much security as possible for the end user. It's the whole herd immunization thing. Like, you, you, you really have to do it. For, for ethical reasons, if, <laughs> if, if you're making an ethical argument, like, oh, they did this bad thing here, so they just do it again. Like, the, the ethical playing ground insecurity is different than it is in BPM. Okay, fair enough, good point, but it's, the sentiment's the same. Oh, look, we actually have a partner ecosystem, uh, uh, a software, we have software companies writing applications that are installed on top of Windows to protect Windows. Okay, and they are multi-billion dollar organizations. Let's just piss them off and release Windows Defender and all of it, it's the same same sort of concept. Yeah, well, we'll agree to dif- dis- disagree then. How's all right, that? what's next, Mr. Modlin? What's um, next? The Go last on. little piece of news I have is they've just done a little update to Planner. You can now assign multiple users to a task in Planner. So that's a handy little thing if you a, are using that. It's, it's not a little thing. It's quite a big thing. But now my question is, uh, when it comes to resource leveling, um, I don't think that is possible in Planner. If you've got 25% of your users across four tasks, for argument's sake. Yeah, like I I personally don't like that. It, it seems to just decrease the accountability. Planner to me is not is not a high-level management tool, you know. No, it's a Kanban um, board, mate. Yeah, exactly. It's it's small and to the point and you're doing this and you're doing that. And it's it's very much the on-the-ground planning mechanism. Um, if yes, you're assigning so. multiple people to the same thing, like, why are we using this? No, uh, we're actually using Planner to plan activities um, and have nice uh, buckets for different things on uh, for SharePoint Saturday, actually. So we've got a bucket for uh, swag, which will include delegate swag and speaker swag, and then we've got a bucket around... Uh, I can't remember the other one, specifically catering for, okay, this is, we need the sponsor pack and we need the uh, speaker pack and all of those things done. And then the other side is all the legal stuff around that. So that works quite well. And it's nice because you've got different states, so started, in progress, completed, and like a Kanban board, it looks cool. But did you know that coming back to teams and everything else, so you create a team and you create a plan. That plan then goes back and creates it somewhere in Planner, but it doesn't pull the buckets through. I don't know if there's a time or job that needs to kick off later, but I've worked with two plans now where, where these plans are created in teams, and eventually you can see your tasks, but you can't see the buckets that it's sitting in. Okay, that's strange. I don't know if it's a known issue or there will be a patch for it or what it could possibly be. But yes, one line item for me for um, the news thing is you did all the heavy lifting today. Yep. On my What's side, um, we, so we launched the new information worker platform two, three days ago. Sweet. And uh, this month's user group, so 
If you want to join uh, to get notifications for the information worker community in South Africa, so we run out of Cape Town, Johannesburg, and soon to be Durban, um, head over to meetup.com forward slash I-W-S-A-U-G and sign up and you'll receive notifications when we schedule sessions. This week, or well, next week, Tuesday, I think it's the 11th, we'll be at Microsoft in Bryanston from 4 p.m. onwards, and we've got a couple of sessions going. The first one will be a digital literacy, and we're actually doing a remote session by Tracy van der Scaife out of Durban. And the second one, we're doing a panel discussion on teams versus Yammer versus groups versus planner because it's so prevalent right now. Uh, we'll take you through what to use, when, and how. And then last but not least, uh, we're trying to cover three sessions. If you have any questions that you want to stump people with or ask, please bring it along so we can have a roundtable discussion on that. And also, we get to feed you. So if you get that for, we'll do a 10-15 minute intro, jump into the first session, have a five-minute smoking break, jump into the second session, have a five-minute smoking break, jump into the third session, which will be a panel discussion, and then all of that will be wrapped up by 6 p.m. so that we can get you fed and then you can leave because the traffic should have died down by then. Awesome. Yeah, so we, we, we actually tried, switched it up a bit. Um, instead of having one long 60-minute session, we've broken it up into 25 to 30-minute bite-sized sessions so that you can get the full spectrum of uh, streams from the Microsoft space. In the allotted two hours. Awesome. I will totally be there. It's next week, Tuesday. Yes, the 11th. So if you go to meetup.com forward slash I-W-S-A-U-G, let's click the button, sign in with your Twitter, Facebook, or whatever authentication account, and join the group. And you'll get all the notifications with reminders. Once a month, you'll get a notification saying what's coming up. And we'll actually update the calendar so that you can see where the events are happening in what state, and also we'll be bringing you some new information on the product-focused user groups that we're starting on for Nintex and for AppPoint. So that's coming soon. Sweet. So that's the end of our news for today. We're on to my favorite segment, the new find of the oh, week. Oh, wow, that's awesome. New find of the week. What you got for us, Al? Uh, a lot of people, and we've had a, quite a few requests, uh, continually still ask around or request solutions for human resource management. It's always been a big thing, big question about it. And with people moving to Office 365, how do you actually manage employee onboarding and exiting efficiently? I haven't been, I haven't worked for a company who actually has a solution for this, strangely enough. And I've worked for a lot of companies. Okay. And? Enter Lanteria. Um, Lanteria is the product or the company that creates the product. And it's a complete end-to-end modularized HR solution. So you've got the standard-based course sort of stuff. Uh, There's a time and attendance module. There's a recruitment module, which is quite nice. There's a full-blown employee 360 performance module. And there's a learning module. So think about it realistically. Uh, You've got a customer. And that customer needs to hire people. Uh, You've got the recruiting module, so people can submit CVs and you can go through the screening process, make notes, all of those things. Once you employ the person or a letter of, 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 offer letter or letter of acceptance or agreement, whatever it's called, you can now say, okay, what's the next step? All right, there's an onboarding process. So you grab the person's personal details from the CV that was submitted and that then gets transposed into um, the letter of acceptance 
And now you have that as, okay, so I need to order a notebook. I need to give the person an access card. They might need a petrol card. You can do all that as part of the employer onboarding process. Then also using the learning module, you can now say, well, this person needs to go on X amount of training and you might have created some training modules that can be delivered via the learning uh, component. And then also you've got the performance part, um, register their KPIs and all of those things. All in one product that sits in both Office 365 as well as SharePoint on-prem. Done, and it's not expensive. Heavy. Yeah, so well, you know a lot of people go, well, they can, they, can be, they can have payroll and HR. So payroll, they pay you from, and then you've got uh, a leave management system that says, okay, I want to take leave, and we've all worked with that ESS thing. I think every company I've worked for for the last five years um, has had an ESS sage back end around leave now you don't have to do that if you especially for the sme guys if you've got office 365 purchase lanteria deploy it and presto you manage all your employees that way you can still have sage for leave if you really wanted to or you've probably got some sort of hr payroll that does your payment runs on the 25th or the end of the month but I mean, this is nice because it's got time and attendance. So you don't have to go buy another product. You don't have to go to a recruitment company to do recruitment. You don't have to get another product to do your 360 performance reviews. And also it gives you a learning portal. Sweet. All wrapped into one nice suite of products. Awesome. Super cool. And that's, that's my uh, product of the week. Yeah. Brilliant. Then our last segment of the podcast is my PowerShell commandlet of the week. So our commandlet today is quite an awesome troubleshooting one actually um, it is update sp secure store application server key Ugh. yeah quite a mouthful so what this does if, if you step through it it actually does tell you is it updates and synchronizes the key on a sharepoint server with the master key for the secure store service database so you know when you set up a secure store you generate a key, a key. Um, and then that breaks. And that, that can break, yeah. Or it, not even if it breaks. If you're adding a new server to the farm and it's going to be using that secure store instance, it has to be updated with the key. Yeah, you've got to push it through, like exactly. when if, you're adding additional servers. If you've got a if one of the servers in the farm goes down and you have to bring it up in a you have to bring out the secure store on another server, whatever the case is, you need to do it then. If when you're if you change the master key and during that process it fails for whatever servers you then have to go use this and manually update it. Okay. So well, that's quite it, it's, it's the fixed phrase for all those issues. Um, and it's quite, it's quite a simple one. Update SP secure store application server key. And it's got two parameters. You give it the passphrase that you're updating and the service application proxy um, that that ties into the secure store service application proxy. Yeah, you, you do all the heavy lifting, mate. I'm quite happy I found this because now I know it exists. So when that happens, I'll be like, ah, I know. I can do this now. So that's quite cool. Uh, look, there's this just in. There's a smart lab that's happening at Microsoft. Oh, I like those they ones. Actually, They're much better than the dumb labs. I didn't get much out of the dumb lab I went to. <laughs> so it's, it's running every Friday from the 7th of April until the 23rd of June on Azure. There's a couple of projects that, that fit into the Azure cloud, um, be it on Linux or platform as a service. Um, so some of the example stuff, uh, you, obviously you need to 
show up with a laptop and an Azure subscription and they'll show you some acceleration on Docker workloads, on uh, moving websites to Azure, how to do backup and disaster recovery in Azure, um, which is actually quite neat. Uh, and it runs from 9 to 12.30. Cool. And it's level 3 to 400 technical training. So if, if you're hardcore into the stuff, that sounds like a really great resource. Yeah, so you'd have to obviously have an Azure team or an Azure subscription, and they'll typically just invite you. Sweet. All right, all right. Is that us, Mr. Modwin? That is, I think, it for the week. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. If you want to find us online, as always, our website is twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at oddmodlin, and Alistair is at... Alistair Pugin. We're also on all your podcast apps of choice, iTunes, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Whatever you use, go like us. Give so, us you know, there's an, there's an Apple Music, which is separate to iTunes. I didn't. And they've got a podcast channel there. Okay. So, we will definitely endeavor to get on there. Oh, and Mr. Thirsty says we have to review his review. Yes, we need to find I that. We need to find that. I will go look now. now. I'll go look right now. Professionals. That's what we are. Cool. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao. Specifically, remention, remember, remention. Is that like remember you mentioning? Remention. I should add that to Urban Dictionary. Sorry, that there was a squirrel comment. It doesn't but count as a real word if you make it up and just add it to the dictionary yourself. But Boyaka and Google is in the Oxford Dictionary as a word. Google was in the dictionary before Google. What wasn't? It was like so, a Google's. Like it's a really large number. I can't remember exactly how large it is. But there's a specific large number that is a Google. But it's a noun, not a verb. Now Google is in the yes, Oxford Dictionary a as a yes. verb. But it was already in the dictionary is what I'm saying. Okay. I didn't know that.